Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Yeah, so you want to know what, uh, here's a joke for you. What's red, white, and blue and weighs about 400 pounds? I feel like this is headed towards that that kid at TCU. No. No? No. That would be my golf bag that I left in the back of my truck and like basically a hurricane came through. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's normally 200 pounds and now it's 400? Yeah, basically. Yeah, along with my golf shoes, which I just, you know, tipped up and they fucking just bleh, water came pouring out of them. So <sighs> fun times, man. I walked out yeah. to my truck. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually ordered a new uh, bed cover for mine. It, you know, mine is 10 years old. It's leaking everywhere. And, and my golf yeah. bag actually got just soaked and I was tired of it. And I just wanted the same one I had all over again because it was fine and it, it's kind of low end price wise, but mm-hmm. it's ob- it's obsolete because I got it in 2013. So I had to upgrade a little bit. Uh, wife is thrilled, as you can imagine, but <laughs> but we'll get through it. That's how it always goes, man. It's, yeah. uh, that's how it always goes. But uh, we'll we'll get up to all that here in a minute. Uh, welcome back to the South End Zone. Uh, I'll be at a day or two late here. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with my co-host, Eric Mulher. As always, Eric, what's going on, man? We're, we're a couple of days behind here. Yeah, a couple. Life happens. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It, <laughs> it does happen. Indeed. I'm, There's no getting around crazy, it. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, man. Your old lady's like on the other side of the world for the next, like, God knows how long it feels like she's on the other side of the state, but it feels like the other side of the world. It's going to be a bit, uh, yeah, a lot of changes happening in our world and, uh, a lot of changes happening in the college football world. And if you are a, if you are a casual college football fan and you don't really pay attention during the off season, something you might not have noticed is that, uh, in the last, uh, 10 days or so, Eric, the PAC 12, uh, died. Yeah, it's summarily executed basically yeah yeah it, it has imploded and oregon and washington are off to the big 10 and arizona arizona state utah off to the big 12 now you got the pack four oregon state who i feel the worst for out of all this and yeah. then you got washington state cal and stanford who are left over and i don't know what they're gonna do maybe go to the mountain west or mm. some form of merger with them or uh, there's rumors the acc may be interested in cal and stanford and all this other bs but ultimately next year the pac-12 is not going to look it's not going to be around ultimately as we've known it for you know our entire lives (sighs) nope it's not i'm 
I'm growing more and more unhappy with the direction of college football by the day. But uh, for now, I still like it. They, they haven't completely ruined it for me yet. Well, until they make it to where we can't bet on it, then it'll it'll always be somewhat interesting to us as long as we can still continue to engage in degenerate behavior. Well, yeah, it'll still be interesting, and I'll still watch it. I just don't. I, I, I don't will, think anybody will likes feel the direction. I really don't. No, I don't. If if something is evolving naturally, uh, that's one thing. But if you're fundamentally changing everything that made a sport great for the sake of money, um, you know, it's kind of kind of where you lose me. It, college football is special because of the tradition and the regional rivalries, you know, long standing, uh, you know, and that's this slowly but surely chipping away. I, I'm just not not thrilled. Well, and that's what it's kind of like all, all these changes, every rule change, everything the NCAA has done. What can you point at and say this benefits the student athlete? Aside from the stiffer rules on protecting players, they, there hasn't really been any changes in college football to me that benefit the student athlete other than them allowing to make money on yeah, but that wasn't a decision they made either, though. Like, I, right. I get what you're saying. That is true. But they were forced into that because they got the ass kicking of a lifetime in the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's even the, the rule changes in terms of, you know, clock stoppage and timing that came out this spring. Why did they do that? That wasn't to benefit players. That was to make the games quicker so they can sell more ad time in a three-hour block on the broadcast. Right. Yeah. So, like... I don't know. Well, I'll say this. They sped up baseball games, and I thought that was going to be the same reason, but they don't do it, that. Like, if, think the, it, if the baseball game lasts two hours and 10 minutes, then they just shut it off and go to the next show. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, they don't just run commercials for 30 minutes after it's over. So, yeah. I but I know. think they're trying to move towards a, a two hour and 30 minute block, maybe. Um, yeah so they can sell, sell ads on the next thing or whatever it's, you know, and it's, it's actually seems like it's worked out well for baseball. Those mm -hmm. like those rules specifically for college football, I don't think they'll impact anything ever. Like they're very yeah. transparent. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Realignment. I will see you guys might be able to read a, a hate-filled manifesto on conference realignment <laughs> on bellyupsports.com here in a couple of weeks if I get too cranky. Oh, man. Yeah. Old man shouts at, <laughs> at clouds. Yep. It's come. It might be coming. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Can't I'm wait telling you, I, like I told you in the text message, if, if the ACC adds Cal and Stanford, look out, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it does, uh, but uh, that I'm not even, we're not going to speculate on that. I don't even care about Cal and Stanford. I don't care if they, if the NFL adds them, I don't care. It's Cal and Stanford who cares, but I will say this. I sort of predicted this last year when we were discussing this, when I've sort of been, I don't want to say in favor of it, but when we started predicting how this thing would go and we were speculating on it with Timmy last year, mm -hmm. how you take all these teams and you put them in the big 10 West 
you know, and it's really the same teams you've always been playing. You're just under a different umbrella. Now it didn't shake out quite that way as they only got four Pac-12 teams, but there are, you know, three different times a year potentially where they don't have to travel anywhere that they haven't always been traveling. So, and I mean, Notre Dame plays USC every year. So mm-hmm. every year, one of them's going across the country to Indiana, that kind of stuff. So right. the the only, re- like the football stuff doesn't really bother me, like the travel. Because you're talking, games. you're talking at most five trips. Right. And so I'm not concerned with the football travel. It's the other, the non-revenue sports that get affected yeah. by this far yeah, more and, substantially. And we've, and we've talked about that before. We talked yeah. about that when USC and UCLA announced that they were leaving. It's like, what? You know, because yeah, uh, women, women's volleyball. for them to go play a volleyball game in China than it is and, at and, Rutgers. Yeah. yeah. But like in, in football, you have four or five conference road games that are on a Saturday. So maybe you, you fly out Thursday, get a day, you know, time change and all that. But, it, you know, like women's volleyball doesn't get the same thing because they play a lot during the week. Um, yeah. It's just it, it's a mess for everyone but football. I wish there was a way to break out football, and then you guys go do whatever the hell you want, right? Stanford can play in the ACC for all I care, even though they're on the wrong coast. But you know, when you're talking about 13 other sports, it, it's affecting more than just football. Drinkwitz talked about this, um, and I yeah, I did. I, yeah, I saw his comments. They were, I agreed uh, with basically a hundred percent of what he said, and it's yeah, you know, we've we've talked about it honest. before, and it's like. You know, we're we're chasing the dollar at the expense of what? Like, how how are all these students? This is supposed to be for them, right? And Saban had comments to that effect as well. But um, I don't think the people who should be benefiting are benefiting. You're probably you're probably not wrong about any of that, and ultimately we'll see where it all ends up going. But the Pac-12, as we know, it is dead. There's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the remaining four teams. Like I said, the one I feel with the worst for is Oregon State. Coming off a double-digit win season in the Pac-12, just re- about to finish renovating their stadium to the tune of $170 million, that kind of thing. Really looking up under Jonathan Smith, and now they're they're left out, and they've got nowhere to go. It's kind of like, fuck, man. I, I feel yeah. bad for them. I'm pulling so. for them. I'm a huge Oregon State fan this year. I hope they kick the snot out of everybody out there. Oh, yeah. I do, too. I, I would love to see them like just win the Pac-12 and wreck shop over everybody. <laughs> and then, get, then they'd be like, well, that, you know, you should have taken us, assholes. Yeah. But that's not to say that they can't go independent that it might be good for them to go independent and then they can play anybody they want. They can play because I don't, I don't see Oregon state as a team that somebody would be like, fuck that. We don't want to play them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Oregon should still be able to make that work. Obviously they want to make it work because it's a rivalry game. And on top of that, they don't have to travel far to do it. So Mm -hmm. You would want to play that in non Yeah, you would think Oregon wants to keep that Week 13 game against Oregon State every year, but yeah. who knows? I mean, the people who make these decisions, I don't think really give a shit about that rivalry. So um, the, I guess the decision will be what it is, and we'll find out, but yeah, I'm hopeful. It's just one of those things, man. We'll, we'll, we'll table it for now, see what happens, but uh, ultimately – 
The Big 12 now has 16 teams for next year. The Big 10 has 18. The SEC. Did you see Greg Sankey's comments about all this realignment and stuff like that? How he uh, said no, any, but I'm sure it had an appropriate level of smugness and borderline <laughs> arrogance. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Uh, he did mention that any addition to the conference from this point forward would be basically they would have to take like Oregon and Washington, they would have to take a smaller share of the TV revenue, um, mm. at least for a time. So well, I don't for a know lot of teams, that, really, that would be, that would still be an improvement. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. That, I don't know that Florida state and Clemson really want to take a small slice of the pie. So that kind of, uh, doesn't spell well, well for adding more, ACC teams, I guess. Yeah. I mean, not that I want to spend the whole show talking about realignment, but I think a, a, a portion of the SEC pie is bigger than a full slice of the ACC pie still. True. And could I be. think they could, I think they could stomach that if they knew it was a certain time period, like three years, right. And then they get mm-hmm. the full share. I, I don't know that that would stop a team like a Clemson or, you know, Clemson is bringing in a shitload of money anyways. It's true. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think they could handle that if they knew it was for you know three years or whatever. Yeah, it's possible. We'll see what happens. I honestly, I hope the ACC sticks together because I just don't want to see another conference implode. But we'll see what happens, man. That's enough about conference realignment because uh, conference realignment sucks, and I don't like it. And uh, yeah, we're going to actually talk about football and football betting. So Mm-mm. let's move on. This week, Eric, we are finally in big boy football territory. We're going to talk about the Big Ten East, mm-hmm. get into some of these teams here. And correct me if I'm wrong now, the three that I'm going to cover, Michigan, Michigan State, and Maryland. Yep, and, you got the three M's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I'm gonna, and you're going to take Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers, and Indiana. Yes, sir. So I'm going to start you out first, and I'm going to take the trash out first here. Let's get Rutgers and Indiana out of the way first, man. So let's talk talk to me about Tom Allen and uh, Indiana. Three and a half coming in. This is, oh, man. They they have been, ever basically ever since Kalen DeBoer left, they have been on a just downward spiral. So what what am I yeah. looking for here at Indiana with three and a half? Can I, can I comfortably take an under here? Comfort. You can you can pull the lever on the side of your recliner back, or hit the button if you've got the plug-in one. <laughs> um, comfortably is they're going to have to beat both Michigan State and Rutgers to get to four wins. Um, you know, and that's assuming they beat Indiana State and Akron. But you know, they go to Michigan, Penn State, Illinois, Purdue. They get Wisconsin at home. Those are all L's. So Michigan State and Rutgers, Indiana State, and Akron, I don't think they get all four of them. Uh, Tom Allen, we talked about him in the hot seat rankings. He was my number one guy. They're going to be bad. They were they were bad on offense. They were worse on defense. They gave up 34 a game. Um, and they're only... They're only bringing back, I think, three starters on that defense. And maybe that's a good thing. But... Um, <laughs> You know, they, they did some work in the portal, try to fill spots, build some depth. But, I mean, they would have to improve a lot on defense just to be passable. And they get their leading rusher back on offense, but the line was a disaster. Um, you know, 
three sacks a game, eight tackles for loss a game. So they get four of those guys back uh, that started games last year. I don't know that they want them all back, but I don't know who is the quarterback's going to be. They took a transfer from Tennessee, Taven Jackson. My guess it's going to be him, but I don't know that. So I think if they could repeat 23 points a game like last year, that would be about their best case scenario for them. So the, the schedule doesn't do them any favors. Like we said, they open with Ohio state. <sighs> so right out the right, you know, right out the gate, get your face kicked in. So I, I mean, Tom Allen's a good guy. I like him. Um, I think he's a good coach. I just, frankly, I don't think anyone can really win at Indiana on a consistent basis. So I'm going to take the under. <sighs> Yeah, I'm with you. Well, you should know that. I'm going to take the under as well. I, I can't do it, man. The schedule is just too brutal. And I haven't seen anything in the offseason that would make me think they're going to take a giant step forward in any category, really. So I'm with you. I'm going to take the under and just move on, man. I, oh, God. And I, as far as him getting fired, I, I don't know. Again, he is a he's a player's coach. His players play hard for him. They like him. There's a lot of the athletic department and boosters that are behind him that, you know, they like him up there. But I think he's he's got to find like an another I don't want to say another Kalen DeBoer cuz DeBoer has like been a but, winning machine. But he does though. But that's what but he, he needs to do. Need to, he does need to find somebody at least somewhat similar to that, somebody who knows how to light up the scoreboard on offense. Because bottom line, 23 points a game, it was way worse than that in Big Ten play. So it's just, it's got to get better, man. And the defense is going to be bad again. I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm on the under. So let's take out the rest of the trash. And mm-hmm. you know we always like to pick on Rutgers, man. So let's go ahead and pick on them some more. What, what, what am I looking at here? Oh, another, another, here, another three and a half, uh, under over. What am I looking at? Another hot list alumni for me here. Um, so for as bad as Indiana was on offense last year, Rutgers was worse. They scored 17 a game. Uh, they only returned one of their top four receivers. They do bring back their top, I think four rushers, maybe three rushers, um, and they will have four guys back up front, but the line again was not very good. The quarterback Wimsat, he kind of struggled off and on with some injury last year. He showed some potential, but he's got a very clear ceiling. And the defense wasn't any good either. So they bring a lot of those guys back. They are pretty experienced. I think they'll be improved on defense, but not a lot. If they can get from 29 points a game allowed down to like 25, 26, that would be an improve a little bit on offense that might provide a little bit of optimism. So I'm going to take the over on them, even though I think they and Indiana are very, very similar. And I'm going to take the over on them because of the schedule. Indiana's schedule is not favorable. Like we talked about and Rutgers kind of is, um, Getting a three and a half win total, they could. I mean, it's not impossible that they they hit that by week five. They open with Northwestern, who will be shitty. 
Temple, who will also be shitty, and Virginia Tech, who we are not sure about, but we're, we know they're not going to be really good. Yeah. Like they're probably a bowl eligible ish team. Um, and all three the, of those are at home. They're all, they're all at home. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then they go get their nuts kicked in against Michigan. Okay. Fine. <laughs> then they get an FCS game. So they could have four by the time they hit you know, week five. Um, Man, they can you imagine they, if Rutgers starts four and one? Right. Oh, my God. It, over by and, October. Whew. Yeah. And they also play Indiana um, later on. That's a winnable game. So I think there's five winnable games. I think they can get four of them. So I kind of surprised myself with this decision, but I'm going to take the over on Rutgers. Um, but five is their absolute ceiling. Yeah, that's uh, we talked about this in the Northwestern preview, whether they could go over two and a half. And it basically, you know, hinged on, hinged on that game. Yeah. Rutgers. Yeah, so this is one of those things, man. If Northwestern beats Rutgers, they might hit the over, and Rutgers may go under, specifically because of that game. So there's a right. lot riding on this game. It's a big <laughs> matchup. Won. It is a big matchup, man. It, it should like, have made my 13 games column. Yeah, this is like the the bottom of the Premier League. Who's getting relegated? Yeah. You know. So uh, I, I don't know what to make of Rutgers. That. Again, the schedule, like you say, it's very favorable. Four home games in the first five weeks, and only one of those teams is going to be at least halfway decent outside of Michigan. So I'm with you. Road trip to Indiana, it's not too scary, but, I mean, they're going to lose the last four probably by double digits, um, and it's not going to be close. And then Michigan State, I mean, we'll talk about them in a minute, but – I mean, at least that one's at home on the road to Wisconsin. That's an L, but I, I'm with you. I, I don't have a ton of conviction here. I'm going to take the over and say they win four games, but it would not shock me to see them go two and 10 ultimately. Like if they just finish the season with wins over Wagner and Temple, I'm not going to be that surprised. No, it, it won't be the most shocking outcome of this season. I promise. Yeah. All right. So now that we've got the trash taken out, Let's talk about some teams that are actual, no shit, legit playoff contenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Talk to me about Penn State, man. I know we're both going to be pretty high on them. We've both really, we've talked offline and we've both, we both kind of like what we're seeing here. So talk to me about yeah. James Franklin. Is this the year Penn State finally gets over the hump? I think it can be. Nine and a half. Nine and yeah. a half. Penn State nine and a half was the easiest choice in this division actually this whole conference uh, i think for me uh, i think it i'm it's a game too low uh, period i'm a hundred percent on the wagon this year this is a really really good team they uh bring seven starters back on offense including the two running backs allen singleton who were both true freshmen last year and were studs they combined for just under two thousand yards and 22 touchdowns they bring back three starters on the O-line. The The left tackle is going to be probably a top 10 pick. They brought in some transfers to improve their depth at receiver because they did lose some guys. Um, but they possibly upgraded a quarterback. Uh, Sean Clifford was there. felt like forever. felt kind of like Hunter Renfro. Um, and he was good, but he just never felt like he got any better from like 2019 when he first 
was named the starter. And the, the Aller kid is uber talented. He just needs some reps and some experience. So they averaged a, a tick under 36 a game last year. I would expect a pretty similar number because they're going to be run heavy with those guys and they're not going to put everything on the the young new quarterback's shoulders, right? So he didn't have to carry them. And then defensively, they were excellent last year as well. They were uh, 18 games or 18 points per game allowed. They, you know, they bring back their best defensive, well, not their best defensive back because they had Joey Porter Jr., but uh, Kalen King, really good corner. I think he had three or four interceptions last year. And they bring back Chop Robinson, who led him in sacks. And they're going to be really, really good up front. They have a really good group of linebackers, and they're going to be right there in the in the upper teens, I think. If you take out the goofy 2020 year, they've allowed between 16 and 21 points a game the last six seasons. So I I think something in the 18, 19, 20-point range uh, points allowed is a pretty reasonable expectation. And – yeah, they, they play Ohio State and they play Michigan fine. Uh, they don't have to win either of those games because I think they'll beat the snot out of everyone else. I mean, they're, they, don't, they don't have any other games on that schedule that makes me think they shouldn't get to 10 wins. And I'm not convinced that I would pick Ohio State over them head-to-head right now with the questions with uh, that I would have about what's the quarterback going to look like behind an O-line that only brings back one starter. So... Easy over for me. I think it's more more likely that they win eleven, but uh, yeah, over over nine and a half. It's they will get to ten. I think they probably would get to eleven, and I think they are a playoff contender, even though they're not a great matchup for Michigan. Hmm. Am I crazy to say that their running back tandem one two best in the country is Michigan better? I I think it's close. I mean, it's a discussion. It is a discussion, I think. These dudes are just straight-up animals, man. And for anybody who hasn't watched Penn State football, just go check out some highlights of these two freshman kids because they are absolute monsters. But this was not as easy as as it was for you, for me to just say, oh, yep, over, no question. They're going to be favored in 10 games. I don't think there's any question about that. But – James Franklin and Penn State have been known to drop games that they should not. Okay. At Illinois in week three is a little bit worrisome. I mean, we remember the nine overtime game, but mm-hmm. that it's on the road and you've got Iowa coming next week. A little bit of a trap game, you know, I feel like that's, uh, they're going to be favored probably by. Probably by double digits, I would say. But again, a little bit of a scary game. But I'm going to say they win that even. Then later in the year, another trap game at Maryland a week mm-hmm. before you have Michigan coming to town. Right. So it's just kind of, it's a little bit testy for me. I'm going to take the over based on what you said about the roster and the fact that I, I love the idea that they're going to be really run heavy. But I don't have a ton of conviction here that oh yep they're going to win eleven or twelve games. I'm 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 not there with them, but I do think they should win ten games, possibly eleven. But I, I know the questions about Ohio State. 
But I mean, we have these questions about them every year or two or whatever, and they seem to just win 11 games every year. They mm-hmm. just reload. So their recruiting hasn't dropped off. That would make me think that <laughs> they're going to be just as fucking good as they are pretty much every year. And so until I see otherwise, I'm not going to just pick Penn State to, you know, go win 11 or 12 games yet. I've got to see it first. So I will take the over and say they get to 10, but I am not super confident about it. This conversation is going nowhere. So let's discuss a team that last year you picked to go undefeated 15 and 0. And. This year, they're coming in with a 10.5 win total, and normally, like I say, man, it's pretty much a guarantee they're going to win 11 games, but I look at the schedule, and I'm going, are they, though? At Mm. Notre Dame, Penn State at home, at Wisconsin, at Michigan. It's a little dicey, man. Talk to me about Ohio State. What are the Buckeyes going to do, man? Because i got to be honest, I'm not super – I'm not super high on them, right? Okay. Well, yeah. One thing they're going to do is score a shitload of points. <laughs> uh, I do know that they went 11 and two last year. Um, they got kind of run over by Michigan, but they gave Georgia everything they wanted. Went 11 and two. They got 14 guys back. They have the best non-quarterback in college football, uh, number 18, who probably be a top three pick if I had to guess next year. Um, Easily top five. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they returned their top four rushers from last year. Their top six receivers. We talked about with the Penn State, they lose three starters on the offensive line, right? Both tackles. But they, I mean, they have a lot of talented guys there. They've recruited at an elite level for years. They brought in a couple of experienced transfers. I think they'll be okay. The obvious question who's going to play the quarterback and how's he going to look? It's going to be Kyle McCord. I think he'll be fine. I mean, when's the last time Ryan Day had a down year when he replaced a first-round quarterback? Like, guys step in, and they play well, right? C.J. Stroud did it. Justin Fields did it. Dwayne Haskins did it. So they've averaged 41 a game or more the last six seasons. They're going to keep churning out points. Um Defensively, they got seven guys back, including their top three tacklers. Uh, the Eisenberg kid's really good, the linebacker. They brought some transfers in in the secondary. So second year with Jim Knowles, um, I think they'll maybe make a slight improvement to 21 points a game. But the schedule is is where I get hung up because it, it comes down to four games, and you already named them, at Michigan – at Notre Dame, at Wisconsin, and Penn State. Can they win three of those four? And I, I did go back and forth on this a number of times, and I wouldn't bet actual money on this. That's my disclaimer. But for the purpose of the podcast and even the article, I'm going to say under. Um, <laughs> because oh boy. Michigan is a bad matchup for them. And Notre Dame and Penn State are going to be really, really good up front. Wisconsin could be good up front. And, you know, with all the new faces on both lines of scrimmage, right, offense and defense, that kind of gives me enough pause where I think they will lose a second game. 
So I, I think they still probably get to 10 because that's what Ryan Day does. He just wins double-digit games, period. You know, you don't have to like it. Just learn to love it. But I don't think they get to 11. Mm, man. Well, I'm right there with you, dude. I I would love to just go against you on this, but I'm with you. I've got them at 10 and 2. I just don't have a ton of faith. I can't just throw in new quarterback, brand new offensive line. Yes, they have some of the most talented skill players on earth. Yes, this yeah, is Yeah, I didn't generous. even mention Igbuka. Like he's yeah. a top five receiver in college, and I didn't even say his name until just now. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's so, an embarrassment of riches. It is. And so it's not like they're going to struggle offensively. I'm with you. But second year of Jim Knowles, do they take a huge step forward? I don't know that they do. Ultimately, they're going to be favored probably in every game minus on the road at Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I do think they get to 10 wins. I think it's possible they get to 11, but I'm going to take the under and say they go 10 and 2 because I just don't I think there's just too many hiccups here man like like the like the Wisconsin game for instance. Nobody expects Wisconsin to beat Ohio State this year. New mm-hmm. offense, new coach, new whatever. They're going to be coming off that Penn State game. Okay. Say that's a hard-fought game, a, just a fucking battle. And a, I mean, mm-hmm. even if Ohio State wins, they're going to be broken, beaten down, whatever. Right, and then you got to go, go to on Madison. The road and, yeah, go on the road in late October in Madison. It could be fucking snowing, God knows what. So, yeah, I think it's just too testy of a schedule, man. And, I mean, we've already talked about Notre Dame. We, we've, we both took the over on them. We both like the athletes they have. Their lines of scrimmage are elite on both sides, especially up front on offense. As usual. So, yeah. So I, I don't, I just don't like it, man. I think there's too many holes. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take the under as well, man. I, it's, it's weird, but I think, I still think they're one of the top five, six, seven teams in the country, no question. But, yeah, I, I think they're going to go ten and two against a schedule that most teams would go six and six, six and six against. Yeah, I mean they're yeah. they're going to be really really good. It's just the schedule and a couple of new guys that you know, a couple question marks at key spots, and I just don't feel good about it. So yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's go to a team that I do kind of feel good about, but I want to hear your thoughts. One of your one of your M schools here. And we'll start kind of in the middle with Maryland and Mike Loxley and young Tagovailoa at quarterback. They've kind of progressed year to year under Mike Loxley in terms of wins, and they went eight and five last season. Can they keep it going? I do think they can keep it going. I'm going to take, I am going to take the over that they get to eight wins, but. This is another one of those I don't have a ton of conviction about. It's more along the lines of I think they have enough offense to outscore their schedule. Like Virginia, for instance, they can't score with them. Michigan State, I don't think they can score with them. Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern, Nebraska, Rutgers. None of those teams can score with Maryland. So, yes, they do have to replace a lot of their receiving core most of their offensive line. But again, <laughs> I just 
they're going to put up points. That's what they do. They they run that wide open shit, you know, that type of offense with Loxley. They're going to be slinging it all over the field. Tonkavalo is their all-time leading passer. I expect him to do more of the same. So as long as he doesn't have any of those, uh, you know, five interception games like he had against right. Iowa when he the dog shit out of him, a game that I bet on, by the way, and lost, as long as they don't have any of those games, I like him to get to the over here and hit eight wins. It's the schedule is just too favorable for me. Towson, Charlotte, Virginia at Michigan State, not scary. Indiana. I mean, they could start five and oh before they hit Ohio State and Illinois. Mm-hmm. So at the back end is a little bit more daunting. Yes, you got Penn State, Michigan, at Nebraska, but you've also got Northwestern and Rutgers. So ultimately, I think most of their wins will come on the front end. They could possibly be five and oh, they should be four and one at worst to start mm-hmm. the year. So I'm going to take the over and say that Tungavaloa finishes with eight wins. And, you know, they're uh, two and oh in their last two bowl games. So maybe they get to nine this year total. Yeah, I think they can get to 10 total because uh, I look at them and kind of everything you talked about. Offensively, they only bring back five starters. But if you were going to pick five starters to bring back, you would choose the ones that they have. Correct. Right? They bring they bring back the quarterback. They bring back the top two receivers. They bring back the top two uh, rushing rushing leaders. The the Hemby kid ran for almost a thousand yards and ten scores. So a, a little concerned that they only bring back one starter up front to the left tackle. But the defense was much better last year than before. They dropped their scoring average allowed by a full touchdown. Yeah. And. You know they bring back some some pretty good players from that defense, so they're going to be pretty clear favorites in seven games, and they're going to be sturdy underdogs in three. So it really comes down to can they get a split between Nebraska and Illinois? Yeah, yeah, Just, that's that's the two that's the two I'm looking at as well. I mean, if they so can win one of those, I one of it. those, right? And and they could win both of them and get to nine. I think it's it's reasonable to. Uh, you know, it's realistic to say that could happen. So I am also yeah. on the over uh, to go eight and four, maybe nine and three. And I'm going to hit you with a team that I'm not sure that you will also take the over on. I know I'm not going to, uh, not to get, you know, spoiler alert, but uh, Michigan State getting five and a half. Can they do it? Can, they went five and seven last year. Can they get to a bowl game? Oh, man. I think they can give a bowl game, but it's just not something I'm willing to bet. Like, this this is one of those things where I don't think they were good as their record two years ago when they had Kenneth Walker and they won 10, 11 games, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won 11 and 2. Yeah. But I also don't think they were as bad as their record indicated last year. I think injuries hurt them. I think a lot of new faces on defense hurt them. But ultimately, that's what's going to get better. Mel Tucker has got to figure out a way to get the defense to do something because, my God, we suck. Mm -hmm. Their past defense was absolutely abysmal. I mean, they've, they've ranked in the bottom 10 in past defense each of the last two seasons. I mean, they're... God, total defense, no one eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah they had four hundred and seventeen yards a game last year. 
Yeah, it, it's not good. So, man, the defense has got to get better. And if it does, then yeah, sure, they can get to a bowl game. But that's the ultimate question. Is their defense going any better? I don't know. So, I bet money on it. No, I would not. But I do think they can get to five wins relatively easy with their schedule. It's just going to be a matter of whether they can stop somebody at any point this season. And if they can, sure, they may get to a bowl game. Not going to sit here and just say, fuck no, they don't go six and six. But would I bet on it? No. I'm going to take the under. Hmm. Well, I'm on the under as well because that secondary still scares me. They, yeah. I mean, they gave up 325 a game passing in 2021. And last year was a little bit better, but they were awful against the run. And they didn't pressure the quarterback. And they lost their top two defensive backs. And the secondary does look a little thin. So when you're talking about you know early in the season playing Maryland or Washington, like what's Washington going to do to them with that defense? <laughs> Probably the same thing they did to them last year. Right. So um they I think they could be could be three and two going into their bye week, but the yeah. the tougher games for them are on the back end. Yeah. Like probably beat Rutgers and in Indiana. Okay, fine. Minnesota and Nebraska might be kind of fifty fifty games, but you know, they got to play the three big boys. They're gonna get they're gonna lose all those. So I'm on the under as well. I I do think they'll get to five and seven, but you know, we didn't even talk about the quarterback. Yeah, Noah Kim taking over a quarterback for Peyton yeah. Thorne. I don't, I don't know about this guy. And honestly, yeah, I don't either. Peyton I mean, Thorne maybe. wasn't all that. He wasn't all that good anyway. So, if anything, I look at Noah Kim and I'm thinking, well, maybe he's an upgrade. They do lose Keon Coleman to the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible, but you know, going through spring practice where you got a guy taking all, you know, or the vast majority of the first team reps, and now he's gone. And yeah. you get this new kid stepping in, your best receiver left. Uh, I like the running back Berger, but yeah, you know, he's their he was their leading rusher last year and he's back. And they do bring four guys back on the O line, but they scored 24 a game last year. I would expect a pretty similar number. And with that defense, I don't think that's enough. So five and seven, and I am on the under. Yeah. And what's funny, they gave up, like you said, 325 a game through the air. How many daunting passing offenses do they play throughout the year aside from Maryland? Yeah. Ordinarily in Ohio State. And that's really kind of it. Like nobody from the West, certainly. <laughs> no. Um, and they still give up 325 a game. That's fucking terrible. Oh, yeah, God. It's bad. Um, so we will finish up with the defending conference champions and back to back, even. And just like Ohio State, they are getting 10 and a half. Personally, I wonder if it's a game too low because I think it's going to be a really, really good team and a title contender again. But what do you think about Michigan? Well, you should know that. They're going to hit the over. They're going to be favored in all 12 games they play. They're pretty much their entire team is back at least anybody of consequence. They don't lose a ton to the NFL. Harbaugh being suspended the first four games of the year means nothing to me because Michigan, holy shit, 
they should right. be. I could I could coach them to four zero with that schedule. They sh- I mean, God, this. I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. They should be ashamed of themselves. This fucking non-conference schedule that they play every year—it's a fucking Again, joke, yeah. dude. Like, I mean, what are we doing? Like, they don't play anybody in non-conference every year. It pisses me off. It honestly does. Like, it's a two-game schedule. They play Penn State and Ohio State, and they're going to kick the absolute dog shit out of everybody else. They will be three-score favorites minimum in every game except those two. And so are they going to hit the over? Fuck yeah, they'll hit the over because I don't think Ohio State or Penn State both could beat them. No way. I think they'll get one of them, and I think they go at least 11-1 and one and probably win the Big Ten again. I, I don't know, but it I, I don't see them losing two games. I'm just I'm not willing to bet on that. So <sighs> give me the over. I'm taking the over as well uh, for all the reasons you stated really really good team last year they bring back 15 starters and i mean there's really not much else to it than that so yeah they're gonna be really good on defense they gave up 16 a game last year they're gonna be really good on offense where they scored 40 a game last year i don't love i will say this i don't love that their three toughest games are all in a row at the end of the season and that would be at penn state at maryland and at home against ohio state so getting all those consecutively isn't great, but they're not going to lose two of those. Uh, they're just they're not at Maryland might be a trap game when it's sandwiched in between those two that they might be looking at as you know kind of bigger. But they're just so I think they're just so much more talented than Maryland. It's not going to matter that much. So, well, mainly um, up front, like Maryland can't stop them. There's right. no way. I mean, they're rebuilding their entire defensive line, and what they're going to—they're going to create a pass rush and create gaps against Michigan's offensive line. No fucking way, dude. I'm not buying that. Yeah, so I—I kind of think ten and a half is a game too low because I think it's more likely they go twelve and zero than ten and two. Yeah, I would agree with that. So. And I, if I had to guess, they're going to go to the playoff as well. They're, I mean, they're going to be at worst a 12 and 1 Big Ten champ because uh, I don't think anyone in the West can beat them. No. So, no. So we'll, we'll see if they maybe, you know, play like Michigan a little more than they did against TCU and play more kind of their, their game. But yeah. Ultimately, that's, the schedule's a joke, dude. It's a joke. It's a two game it schedule. It's, it's pathetic. I can't stand it. I know. I mean, it drives me nuts. Uh, same thing. I mean, I live in Georgia. Uh, we've talked about Georgia's schedule, and oh yeah, this is yeah. Much more I know it's same. You could just. I know it's not entirely the their fault. Okay, fine. You know, I I understand the Oklahoma situation, but I, still, it's it's just, it's kind of disappointing. That I would say this that that this might be the one kind of accidental benefit to all this conference realignment that I hate is you might see these bigger leagues go to 10 conference games where you're actually playing. I mean, you know, personally, I think they should do that anyways, but yeah, I would love it. We saw it in the COVID year and I thought it was fantastic watching 10 SEC games. It was fantastic. I loved it every minute. Yeah. And and that's probably, you know, kind of a pipe dream. Uh, You know, it's just not going to happen. I understand the FCS games, for the sake of the FCS schools occasionally need to happen. Fine. I get it. But um, 
maybe that will be end up kind of being a, a good aspect of this realignment. But you know, and and avoid a team's playing, you know, three or four absolute just joke walkover games. Like you're wasting a third of your season on bullshit. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Oh man, I I don't get it. I don't know why you would want to play those types of games. I get it, like we want to be undefeated and we whatever. But you're you're good enough now. Like you can put an Oregon State on the schedule. You're still gonna beat them. You can put a Kansas State on there. You're still gonna beat them. Like you don't have to play Wagner. Okay. Yeah. Like you yeah, can. You know, I'll tell you what. Be, beating Oregon State by by thirteen is far more impressive to me than beating UT Chattanooga by 48. Yeah, I agree. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why they do it. I, I don't, Texas A&M is no different. Ohio state usually plays a little bit of tougher non-con you know, they play teams like Notre Dame or whoever, but mm-hmm. Michigan doesn't play anybody. I remember back in 2013, I think it was when Michigan played Alabama in the opener and they got the shit kicked out of them and they haven't done it since. And I, I don't know if there's the that's the reason. Like we're they're like we're not, we don't want to play these big teams. But you don't have to play some big massive team. Just play somebody worth a shit. I don't know somebody yeah. other than Hawaii. Yeah, go play Oklahoma State. <laughs> yeah, right. Or uh, it's just it's it's just kind of we're a bummer. Getting, here. Like week yeah, one, week two. Yeah, we're getting into the old man yells at clouds moments. Well, here. a little bit, but like, you know, think about week one and week two. Like, you're stoked. Okay, college football is back. Oh, this is awesome. And you go, you look at the slate and you're like, what the shit is this? <laughs> like, this is garbage. Like, what? Look at week one. What's the most compelling game? There's not a ton of them. All right, because you get all these types of games early in the season and it's just. Not a huge fan. So no, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's good for the sport. But ultimately, it's going to continue because people like to get four easy wins on their schedule. So or three of them when you're Michigan and you play nine conference games. But we'll see what happens, man. I don't know. Scheduling is going to be completely just fucked up for the next twelve months. People canceling and moving shit around and all this conference realignment has just completely fucked scheduling. So we'll see what happens there. My, my personal favorite moment of this past week was the Oregon state chairman of the board of regents taking the zoom call while he was still on the golf course. <laughs> Did you see that? Huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he basically took a zoom call on his phone on the golf course to make the decision of, yeah, we're going to the big 10. Didn't even stop his round of golf, dude. Just like, yep, fuck it. We're, we're, we're doing it. Chalk it up. It's done. Sounds like he already knew. Well, there was a meeting scheduled for that was basically canceled. And it was all the PAC 12 presidents that were supposed to join this meeting to talk about the impending media deal with Apple. But that meeting was canceled like 15 minutes before it was supposed to happen. And then the Zoom call between 
the chairman of the board of regents happened and he was on the golf course and did not, he's like walking up out of a bunker while he's on his phone. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. He's like, fuck these kids. We're going to the big 10 and I'm not even stopping my golf game for it. But mm. I thought it was all time, just like, you know, big shot moment of, nah, I don't give a shit. What any of these student athletes think we're going to the big 10 and I'm not even not, I'm still going to go tee off here in a second. So kind of love it. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So what are we doing next week? Is it sec West? Or are we, are we back? Are we to the finally to the big boy football conference? I don't one of the two SEC something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. West East. One of the two. We'll figure it out. Two more uh, weeks of previews, man. And plus uh, on the back end of that, we'll be in week zero, man. So yeah, we'll have, we'll finally have picks coming up in two weeks. Indeed. I can't fucking wait. It's going to be wonderful. So, uh, all right. So in the meantime, since the pac 12 is dead and, uh, <laughs> There's what previews next year are going to be interesting because we're going to have to figure out how to jam 18 teams into two weeks. If you're a, if you're Indiana, it may just be under moving on. That's kind of where we're going because at this point it's going to be impossible to jam that many teams into two weeks. And yeah, I don't want to spend three, four weeks on one conference. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Unless we're trying to do like two episodes a week or three episodes a week for the bigger conferences, which I don't know that I'm interested in either. Yeah. It's, oh man, it's crazy. Like you say, all the people that are making decisions, it seems like none of them even like college football. It's weird, but we still like college football, and hopefully it doesn't change much more than it already has. And in the interim, until it does, you can find us on the interwebs at South End Zone Pod. That's all the social media, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Bailey 47 You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair, and you can follow his college football articles at bellyupsports.com. Eric, what's your next article you got coming out? Is it the Big Ten East win totals? Yeah, I mean, other than the win totals, we do have the um, Belly Up College Football Roundtable coming up, and that will be leading up to week zero. That article will probably be coming out something like the 21st or 22nd. But uh, a number of podcasters from the Belly Up Media Network have kind of joined up. We're all going to make our Power 5 picks, playoff picks, Heisman picks, and kind of get a a handle on what everyone thinks. So you can find all those at bellyupsports.com under the Universities tab. Hmm. Love it. All right. Well, until then, we'll be back with you next week talking SEC win totals and hopefully no more conference realignment because I'm sick of talking about it. And uh, we'll see you then. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.